Yo, yo, it's X, and welcome to What's Out Media Group. Today on the show, we have an amazing musician, Johan Lennox. Uh, Johan, he has the combinations of what all the young kids love, like Beethoven, you know what I'm saying, mixed with, you know, modern day music, man. Johan, how are you doing today, man? I'm good. Um, you know, I've got a show tonight in New Mexico, Arizona tomorrow. I'm just, you know, just responding to messages and playing music, so I feel pretty good. Word, word, word. So I caught, I caught you on your Twitch, man. And I was like, yo, man, let me see if I can get this man on. And, and I'm glad we were able to figure this out. Oh, yeah. I saw you I saw you last week in Dallas. And, man, it was a treat, bro. Thank you. Thank you. I was glad to be there. That was a good show for me. Word. Yeah. So, so let's talk about this, man. So you're from Massachusetts. Are you from Boston or, like, somewhere outside of Boston? It's like 15-minute drive from the center of Boston. So, like, suburbs, but really close. Got you, got you. So what got you into music? Were you always into music? Um, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I my parents had a piano in our house, so that was obviously a lucky thing for me, but they never really, like, pushed me to get into it. I just kind of would mess around on it because it was there, I guess, uh, and um, tried taking some piano lessons and didn't really enjoy that too much because I didn't like the structure of having to play other shit like perfectly correctly. Right. Uh, I'm just more someone who likes to kind of improvise or just come up with shit myself. So uh, found out that there was like, uh, there's a music school in the town I grew up in. Um, it's like a little music school people take lessons at. And I started doing lessons in composing music there instead um which kind of got me onto this path of being interested in trying to be like a classical composer and then that was basically what i was doing for a long time until a few years ago when i got into this stuff word so even throughout like high school like grade school and stuff like that you were composing music in college yeah just that whole time i was just fully doing orchestra music and i was getting paid for it too like running around the country and going to see these orchestras and having them play my new piece and uh it was cool but um yeah obviously i ended up taking a very different path later but yeah word um so uh i'm from cleveland ohio very close to cedar point man let's talk about roller coasters man you were also a fan of roller coasters when you were younger oh yeah huge fan still am i'm obsessed with that shit i'm trying to figure out we had a day off here yesterday pretty much and most of today, but there's no theme parks in New Mexico, really. Yeah. Or Arizona, so I don't, yeah. But we did go to the Six Flags in New Jersey a couple of weeks ago when we had a day off, so. Yeah, yeah all my all my friends from Jersey always talk about that Six Flags, man. So uh, what 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 excited you about, like, what's, a, what's the exciting aspect of roller coasters for you personally? That's a good question. I mean, I think I, I mean, I like the physical just experience of being on one obviously that's just fun as hell but i guess like beyond that i mean i think i really like the the sort of like the theatricality of it i guess it kind of reminds me of what i like about classical music and what i like about movies and musical theater and and performing shit you know on tour it's just all very like big colors and loud and exciting like i just love making shit like that and and seeing shit like that and you know, I love like Cirque du Soleil and stuff like that too. So, I mean, I think it kind of fits in with all that too. And then I also just feel like I like 
I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a theme on the album, but I'm really like, I, I try really hard not to let my life become kind of like boring and repetitive in this sort of like monotonous, like adult way as I've sort of like finished school and just and a person, I guess. And I feel like theme parks keep me in touch with that more just like youthful, just like abandoned, I guess. No, I feel that. I feel that without a doubt. So, um, so you're composing music uh, yeah. in high school and whatnot. What, what school did you go to in college and like what made you choose your college? Oh yeah, nobody ever asked me that. I went to Yale uh, for music. Um, so, I mean, it was a good school, I guess. And uh, my parents wanted me to get like a proper education, I guess. And so, I mean, I think that was the choice for me was between like going to some type of like music conservatory versus going to like a, you know, a university where you study everything and meet people who do all sorts of different shit. And they just really wanted me to do that. So that I think pretty much the idea was just if music didn't work out, at least I'd have like a degree from Yale. So I think that was the hope. And luckily music has worked out, but it was, uh, it was cool. I mean, it was, it was different. I think part of my interest, I've always been interested in pushing classical music into like the mainstream of American culture and pop culture. And I think um, being around a lot of kids who were doing shit that wasn't music was good for me because it just kept that focus on like, well, how do I reach these people? I think, you know, which is important, I think. So it was cool. Right. Um, so in Yale, were you in part of any you know, extracurricular activities and anything like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's almost all I did there, really. I mean, I, I mean, I went to class and stuff, but I really like I put every free moment I had into like extracurricular shit. So I was in two different like singing groups, sort of acapella type groups, just because that was big there. And I just wanted to be around other musical people. Mm-hmm. I also was in a choir and I was in um I was in like uh well I started this group that was um basically putting classical music in sort of settings where there was like much crazier light stuff and like really loud amplification and like i tried to really make modern classical music like a thing on campus i guess with that group and i think for a year or two we succeeded yeah. and then like we passed it on to kids younger than us who maybe didn't weren't quite as ambitious as we were with it and it kind of fell eventually kind of fell apart but well for the time we were there i mean that was another good test of just like where i want to go with this ultimately like I guess you didn't catch this because we've only done it in Boston and New York so far, but on some of the bigger shake uh, show dates, I've been doing this 15 or 20 minute classical set after my main set where I'm straight up just playing like violin music and piano music with no vocals that I wrote. Yeah. And I wrote it all like the day before we left on tour because that was basically when I found out it was happening. So it was a very, very terrifying day or two, but but we got it done and it was, it's just been cool. Cause that's really like, that really speaks to like my interest in the long term, which is just like putting that type of music in front of an audience that's younger and more excited and just really into it. And not just like old people who are there to like, you know, flash and the, Oh yeah. Well, pretty nice. much. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. yeah. I got you. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, you were in an acapella group. Was this how you were in some uh, TV show, some uh, acapella oh, yeah, group yeah, yeah. band thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And how, uh, what was that? Yeah, there was a show on the sing-off. Uh, it's called The Sing-Off on NBC, um, which was like, 
yeah, it was, I mean, it's sort of like American Idol for acapella groups, which it turns out isn't really a, like that's not a recipe for a hit show. I think <laughs> like they did like three seasons of groups, like nobody cares, but maybe that's not fair, but that's sort of how I remember it. But um, my friend Kevin, actually, who also went to Yale, was in Pentatonics, which, if, if you know acapella, this is like the most famous acapella group ever, basically. And they, I, I sort of helped connect him to the producers of that show. I mean, I think they were aware of him but he ended up in that group and they won and then became like this massive sensation but they were also on the sing-off so that was season three we were season two and i mean it was cool it doesn't really like it didn't have much to do with like what i'm trying to do now or what i was trying to do then but it was just like a fun experience and like spending a couple weeks in la and like although we were like locked down because it's a reality show so like they really they're pretty much like they don't want you just like going out of the town because they don't want someone to like get into trouble or like you know they don't they don't want to fuck up their hey i'm on this new show man yeah yeah Yeah, all that shit and like or or if just like someone gets too drunk or someone gets hurt or something they said they want to keep you really tightly controlled so they pretty much just have you like locked down in the hotel and then they can kind of like drive you to like meals and rehearsal and like look the other way when you buy liquor to drink in your hotel room at night but yeah there's really like fucking nothing to do uh but it's fun and i mean it was cool just to see how shit like that gets made i think um i went to a taping of like james corden with my girlfriend a couple years ago and that was really the only other time i've even been in our studio like that where it's just one of these tv studios and they're interesting i mean they really don't look like what you think they are like they're just very like i guess to contrast it to like live theater because i used to do a lot of live theater in high school and college as well like live theater it's like the thing has to work from beginning to end and just be entertaining and there can't be any breaks in that but tv it's just like as long as they get the shot then they can just be like all right cool and then you just sit around and wait and there's just no there's they don't bother with like having the transition make any sense they just film the next shot they need and it could be like 10 minutes while they change it like or like i was always wondering like oh we're gonna perform our song on this show and then we're where are we gonna like exit afterwards you know like that's what i I would think on a live theater thing because you have to get off stage somehow and the answer is nobody fucking cares they just turn the cameras off and they just fucking leave like there's no it's not a choreographed thing because no they don't have to it, that doesn't need to be a part of the show so it's just interesting seeing how much and it's true with film too and i guess music to an extent but like the, like the final product is just like you just get it however you need to get it done like there's just not there's not like extra effort put into like this making it seamless if it doesn't need to be kind of just as long as the parts are there that's all that matters so I got you. I got you. So when did you, uh, when were, when did you finish up at Yale? Um, a few years ago. Not too hard. Yeah. I don't want to date you or nothing, man. That was not the, that was not the uh, intent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, cool. So composing wise, I want, I have a question with composing. Yeah. Uh, I've played in a, I played an instrument. I played in a band, like a orchestrated band as well. So, yeah. uh, how, how can you figure out, like, this is where the, these are where the, the strings fit in or, you know what I'm saying? Where, how do you, how do you fill that out? Like as a full, like when I'm working on other people's shit or with, uh, my shit you're saying, even with your shit, your shit, other people's shit, like just in general, like, how do you fill that out? Well, I mean, with my stuff, I try to just make it like every part of the, the the product. I mean, it's really like every single thing on my album that isn't a drum sound or an 808 or a vocal is live strings or live classical instruments. So sometimes 
It's a good question. I mean, there's been a lot of different ways that that stuff ended up in there. Um, like some of the songs, it's like I started out with somebody in a studio and we did like a synth idea just to get something going. And then later I like replace the synth with live strings or whatever. So in that case, I pretty much just wanted to replicate exactly what was there and just same notes, but just find the right instruments to cover it. Yeah. Um, on my song, like phases, there's this like vocal chop thing that I made that just goes like, uh, and like that is my vocals. But then because that was in there, I was like, it'd be cool to have like flutes doing that too at some point. So I like sometimes it's vocals, sometimes it's flutes, you know, but the inspiration came from this initial session and like, the string players, like, basically, you could probably find people who, do, who work more, like, on spec, but, like, I like to pay them properly, and I use really good people, and they know their worth, and so for the most part, um, it's, it, I try to just kind of, like, hire them when I know what I need them to do, and record it, and then be done with it, so that it's, like, I can just pay them once for that session, kind of, yeah. as opposed to, like, let's say I'm working on an album for, like, several uh you know could be a year or two even um like you know there's songs on there whatever it's like there might be like 200 songs that did or didn't get used for that along the way and it's like if i had string players in every one of those sessions and was paying for them to be there it's like it wouldn't really be affordable to have strings on the shit so i'm usually trying to just find the song idea first make sure i like it and then sort of once I've really narrowed down the track, let's just go through the project and just find all the moments where I want strings or, you know, instrumentation or whatever. So a lot of times, like, like I'm already working on my second album right now and I'm like living with demos that mostly don't even have that stuff on there yet. And I'm going to go through later and replace sounds and work it in. So I don't know. It'd be interesting. I mean, eventually, I guess if I'm like, if I get like really rich and successful and can just always work with live instruments in the studio, I guess, then that could be, that could be a cool part of the process, but it's just like not the most efficient way to do it for now. So I try to be strategic with it. Where so do you just have like uh, musicians just come in and sight read and be like, okay, can you help me out for this hour or this two hours or whatever? Exactly something like, like that. that. Yeah, and actually, like even more now, like I mean, it was happening before COVID, but especially since COVID, like I pretty much just fucking send PDFs to musicians and they send me the shit back from home. Okay. So it's like, I don't even really get in the studio with them. I just get audio back and then I mess with it. And like the nice thing about writing classical music and writing sheet music and having musicians who can read that stuff is that if you know what you're doing, like you can pretty much just send them PDFs and they can just read it like a book and it'll be correct. So they don't, they don't really, and I, and I think that's something that most producers who use live strings and stuff like can't really do because if you're in the studio whatever if they don't have experience with that they need to get in the studio so they can kind of like you know um like tell them wait no do it this way do it that way but it's like that luckily that's sort of what i studied my whole life so it's like it's easy for me to just be like just here you go fucking read it and like 95 percent of the time it'll be exactly what i wanted for the first take you know every once in a while i'll be like well that wasn't really what i wanted either that was my fuck up or their fuck up because like it was just or it was miscommunication basically you know but i feel that lost uh, yeah, and I try to get better and better with that. You know, like that's part of studying to be a composer or an orchestrator or arranger. It's just like every single time you're like, oh, okay. So when I write it that way, that really doesn't mean what I thought it meant. It means this to them. Okay, so now, so how do I write it the way I want? And they're like, well, I guess you could have said this or whatever, you know? Uh, so it's like, that's kind of part of the journey is like learning that shit. And a big application of that actually has been on this tour. And I, I mentioned it from the stage, I'm, I think, but like every show, 
those string players that I'm having on this tour are new and are they're basically sight reading it, the sound check. So, and I send them the PDFs ahead of time just so they have it. But like, for the most part, it's like, you know, there's like two or three spots I like to hit at sound check because I know they're trouble spots, but pretty much even in the show, they're pretty much just sight reading that show. And that's like, and that's only possible because we're all like professionals when it comes to that particular kind of skill set. So it's been cool. That was, that's really dope. And I think you did mention that. So I was wondering, I'm like, man, so they, these aren't like, they didn't, they didn't come with them. Like they just showed up. They were like some Dallas people or something. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it really like, it wouldn't really be even possible, like, you know, on a money level where I'm at right now for them to be traveling with me, you know? Yeah, like, I know. Like I, I foot up. Yeah. So, so it's cool. It's been a really good, like a really good learning experience to just be like, okay, like, what can I get away with? And the, and the real test has definitely been on the shows where we've done that 15 minute classical piece where it's just like, and like we, we like extend our soundtrack by maybe five minutes and we, we just, we run through my entire main set, which is 35, I think minutes yeah. in about five minutes, 10 minutes, maybe like once, once all the sound shit and all the mic, you know, mics and like earpiece, all that shit's good. We pretty, I pretty much just run through the very beginning of every song on my set hit two little trouble spots and that can be done in about five minutes and then we use the remainder of the sound check to just play this classical thing through once and it's always been fine i mean we're doing it four more times in la but that's been really cool because because if i can do that shit then i can really the stuff i want to do in the long run with like putting classical music in on you know in these settings and stuff that stuff can get so expensive but knowing that i can just have people sight read it at a sound check means that like i could go kind of just run with that i think it's pretty fun yeah without a doubt it's super it's super amazing man uh what what were your thoughts on like i guess new music like when you were younger like you know were you only one of those guys that was like yeah i love classical music like right. don't don't play no yay for me don't play nothing for me man i'm out here just listening to like beethoven or mozart like were you that type of person I mean, yeah, I think that like one thing that gets lost in that sometimes when people ask that question is that it's not very well known, but there are composers writing classical music today, which is what I was doing. And I was a fan of that stuff. And in addition to being a fan of like Beethoven and all that type of shit. So it wasn't like it was purely old music, but it was definitely like purely, yeah, like weird instrumental compositions and shit. I actually have a playlist on my Spotify. It's called Contemporary Classical Music which you can see from my profile, which has some of the composers that I was listening to at the time, just some of my favorite sort of modern uh, composers, um, some of whom I met or studied with. And, you know, they won like Pulitzer Prizes and shit. And like, they're you know, they're, they're killing it, but it's in a very small... In a niche, part, yeah. Yeah, very niche, yeah. Like nobody really knows about this shit, which is the thing I'm trying to change. But yeah, outside of that, I mean, there was like, I mean, I listened to a lot of Broadway stuff. So yeah, nothing like really cool or current, but, you know, I was into like musicals like fan of the opera all that type of shit and then i was also into um like very random selected bits of mostly older pop music like i knew a lot of billy joel stuff because i played the piano and that stuff's just good on the piano i right. knew i knew and still know like every nirvana song ever like really by heart because my brother was a fan of nirvana and had passed me down his cds and shit so mm -hmm. That was like a weird exception, but none of the kids I was at school with listening to Nirvana because that shit hadn't been popular for like 15 years by that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So it was just like weird, random shit like that. But I, I actually do. I mean, you saw, but I do a Nirvana song on the tour, uh, which is 
because I wanted to do a cover. I was like, I should do like a cover at the piano, just someone to break up the set. Yeah. I was just like, what do I know that's cool that I would just, that I don't have to rehearse because it was again, it was so last minute. And yeah. like, it's sort of a testament to how well I know that music. I like never practiced that. I pretty much just did it at Soundcheck on the first show. I was like, all right, good enough. Can we just, you know? So I mean, that, yeah, that, that music goes close to my heart. I feel that when I was in band, like, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, I, I knew about like some contemporary like woodwinds and like our musicians and the and the horns and stuff like that. So like, I get you on that. And then we would like, if if we play? knew of a, say it again. What did you play? I played the clarinet and the saxophone. Sick. There's a lot of clarinet on my album. Yeah, no, I noticed the yeah, bass clarinet. Yeah. 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 Sick. Um, but I would, you know, we would, we would hear things by sound and try to play them like, it was goofy, but we used to love playing the John Cena theme song, man. It would be like me, like a trumpet or something like that. And we just hear it. We'd hear it off ear and just be like, let me see if I could play this. So like, yeah, I, I get that with the Nirvana on a Nirvana level and all that. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, that's sick. Word. Um, so yeah, let's talk about it. So when did you actually get involved? When did you like hear like some, whoa, what is this? What's this music here like? Yeah, yeah. This is my friend uh, played me My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, famous Kanye album, probably my favorite album ever. Uh, and it's just very personal for me because it's a story, but like uh, he played me that at a house party in Massachusetts while I was tripping on acid. And yeah, that's pretty much what got me interested in that music. I mean, I, you know, I was interested in because it, it was just really monumental and just it sounded like shit I wanted to listen to coming out of classical and, and Broadway, all that type of stuff. And seeing that it had this kind of effect on my friends who weren't like in the classical world really was exciting to me too as someone who's been trying to make that music hit a more mainstream audience i was like shit like if people will listen to kanye doing like one note on the piano at being a runaway or whatever like that's not that much of a leap from that to kind of the shit that i'm already writing in the classical world in my opinion which is weird shit like that like what if someone just played one note on a piano for a minute like it's pretty much the same Right. Kind of impulse, I think. Uh, it was just sort of like interesting sound design, like textural, like, you know, not everything has to have a melody, not everything has to have a beat, not everything has to be in a key even, you know? So that, uh, yeah, that was sort of just like a big inspiration. And then what really happened was I spent like a year where I was still in school just listening to that album pretty much, but still doing classical shit. And just it just took a while to kind of connect it like oh like really if i just was a singer recording artist like excuse me i could like build a following that would hopefully be into this classical shit i want to do in the long run so i kind of put that on the back burner and was just like i'm gonna figure out how to become like a, a singer a recording artist a pop star basically which is what i'm trying to do now so which is also music that i really love i mean it's like you know but it it's like, and I love Broadway and I like a lot of different shit, but it's sort of, as a career, it's like, I'd like to do this shit and then I'd like to do the classical stuff sort of at the biggest level I can. And I think it kind of has to go in that order. Like it doesn't really, there's really no way that it could go the other way. Like if I spent 30 years of my life trying to be a classical composer and then at 50, I was like, oh, let me try to be a pop star now. It's just like not gonna, you know what I mean? But it can go the other way. So I think, and I look up to people like Mike Dean who, is I think like 55 or six and he's killing it and doing still grooving man yeah yeah, and he's doing the type of shit I want to do I mean it's different but I mean in in a lot of ways it's similar and I think that is inspiring to me 
So do you think personally right now that you're you're in the right step? Like, do you think that you're going the right direction that you want to? Because I feel like and that's just I'm not trying to speak for you. I think you're doing exactly what you want to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, no question. And and I'm having a blast. And like, you know, I wish there's always that like, damn, I wish I had like a hit song like and, you, you know, my friends, some of them have had hit songs and but then some of them fell off really hard after that. And I'm like, shit, I'm glad that didn't, you know, and I'm really lucky in some ways that I, you know, didn't have that happen before I was ready. Um, so it's like, it's tough. I mean, there is like an age limit on this shit, I think. And it's, and I, you know, it's always in the back of my mind. It's like, how many more years do you really get before you can really, you know, take off in that way? But I think that's less true than it used to be. And I think, yeah, it's and, and certainly in terms of like where I'm trying to go in the long run, like the the doing the classical set in New York in LA for Shake's show, that's like pretty much what I want to be doing with my life. It's a small version of it. I'm opening for her. A lot of people in the audience don't know what the fuck is going on, but some people are really feeling it. I'm really feeling it. It's a smaller version of pretty much what I want to do with my life. So it's like that's fucking amazing. That's like some of the best most it's just really like a good reminder that like the shit is going in the right direction and there's like other moments that have been cool like i did this kanye beethoven thing a couple years ago where i mashed up kanye and beethoven with a live orchestra and like i don't want to have to lean on the names of artists like kanye forever to be able to do shit like that ideally i could just put an orchestra concert up and people come to it but right. it was sold out and it was like the youngest and most diverse audience they've ever had at the at like at center where we did it in new york and like so in a way that also did what I wanted a little bit, which is that we got a bunch of kids to come see an orchestra concert and have a good time. So it's like, and I have sort of some opportunities coming along that to maybe do stuff like that. That's a little more ambitious. And, you know, I've been talking about like, what if I got like James Blake or JPEG mafia or someone to write a symphony and like, that's the next one. And like, I think they would be down and I'll help them sort of execute it. And like that to me would be like the next step for that concept, I think. And that also is just something that like, I wouldn't even be able to do that if I wasn't doing what I'm doing right now and building my name in LA and in the music industry and shit like that. So it's, it's, it's really just like, is this an idea that helps me do what I want to do? And would I have been able to do this had I not taken the last six years of my life to do what I'm doing now, you know? Without and, a doubt, it's training grounds, man. Exactly. So, yeah. So I think no question. I'm glad I, I did that, what I did. And like, it's, I mean, I feel like it's only up from here. What advice would you give to a younger Johan? Good question. I mean, they definitely like there was definitely like three or four years that weren't used the most efficiently. I think when I first came out, I worked really fucking hard, but it was just a lot of stuff that wasn't gonna maybe. I mean, a lot of it was just learning, but I don't know that I really could have done anything that differently. I don't know. I think. Do you think you needed that? You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, to an extent. I mean, I, it's 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 hard because like the biggest challenge I've really faced is just like I'm coming as someone who like basically was like living under a rock with respect to the type of music I'm trying to do full time now. So it's like I think most artists that start at like 18 or 19, as opposed to like 24 or whatever like you know they're already 
they've been fans of this music since they were 15. They've spent four years only listening to fucking whatever the shit is they're basically about to try to make. You know, they spent four years listening to Lil Peep and now they're ready to kind of take the next step and they're right. fans of other artists that also want to sort of push that sound where it's going to go next. And they just kind of do it. It's just right there for them. It's built into their entire, you know, view of the world and taste and shit. And I'm coming in like an alien, just being like, well, I like Kanye, but I've never really listened to hip hop. So I don't even, I didn't really even understand the context of that album, really. I was just like, I fucking love that album. And then I love Jesus. But I really didn't even know the old Kanye, let alone all, you know, what Drake was doing or Kendrick. You know, it was just very like context free. I never wanted to be a rapper. I, you know, I didn't think that was my path you know so it was like well i gotta be a singer so what is like a singer who also does classical shit and is a huge Kanye fan like what does that artist sound like and i don't that's not a path that exists you know yeah so it's like whatever i think i get comparisons like bonnie Vare and james blake and francis and the lights who are sort of also singers who also are in the rap universe and i think those are decent comparisons i mean i think my music's pretty different from any of them but there's elements of those guys that i that i respect and uh i'm just rambling now but yeah i think uh the advice would just be like just put more effort into like really studying the landscape of just what's happening right now and this is kind of advice i give a lot of artists some artists don't have that issue like i said who just kind of grow up in it and just go straight into it but a lot of artists especially ones who like went to college who like you know are good at music and trained in music have like a really weird relationship to what's just current as well and it's just like you're not gonna succeed if you don't really understand the like musical landscape you're entering into and like how to fit into that i guess so i feel like that's i think just really immersing yourself in like what your peers are making is really the thing that's most important that i just like really took like five years to figure out you know i mean not completely like i wasn't just making like 90s style you know uh r&b or some shit but you know i was it just i wasn't like really paying that close attention to like like i watched brockhampton I, I was at their first show ever like i watched some things and now they're done i guess but it's like i've seen some stuff like in its entire trajectory i watched yeah. post malone come out with white iris and it was like oh that's kind of interesting and kind of <laughs> wish i had maybe paid closer attention to that at the time instead of catching up to like two or three years later which is what i really did so yeah. i think just you know being on the ground and but it's also like I'm thinking about what I'm trying to do 40 years from now and where the future of classical music is going. And it is somewhat hard, I think, to do both. Not that it's impossible. And now I try to do both, but I think keeping, keeping an eye on the future. And it's why a lot of artists flame out really fast. Like they ride a wave, they, they, get, they, they catch a trend really successfully, and then they don't really know where to go from there. And that's kind of it, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I think, I, yeah, I think I like, I'm probably avoiding that happening at least by taking a longer view but it's it's a balance i feel that let's talk about a little bit i know we got like about 10 more minutes here let's talk about like your your debut album what were some of your favorite moments and like were your favorite like damn that's all right i think it's like oh shit you know what i'm saying like any moments like that within the the new album um like moments that i was just really excited to come up with almost yeah 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 um there's some good stuff i mean one of the later things that happened was uh there's this dude che pope who uh used to run kanye's label good music and is also a producer and just a great mentor of mine and he he was the one who suggested moving that song what happening this at the first song 
that used to be like third from the end. Oh, wow. And it started with this kind of like short intro song. And then I'm a mess. And it was this kind of like poppier start. And I think it needed this sort of like darker, harder hitting beat, I guess, which is what that song I think has, or at least he felt that it had that up front. And then I rewrote the lyrics to make more sense with the story of the album. And I think that really reframed the album. So that was like a fun moment kind of towards the end of that. There was a good moment of realization. I mean, getting that shake interlude. I had her on a different song originally on the album. And then we got back in and made that interlude and decided that was the move. Um, and, you know, the album has a lot of interludes. That was a complaint a couple of people kind of had in my DMs. Not for the most part, but, you know, there's a couple of people were kind of like, why are like half the songs on here, like a minute long transition tracks and stuff. And like, it never was really intended to be that way. But it's also like, partly just because the album is supposed to flow like a continuous piece of music. It right. means that songs have these long outros or intros sometimes that kind of transition from whatever was before them. And then if you don't want people to have to listen to that every time they hear your song on a playlist, you end up deciding to just cut that transition into its own track. So that's kind of why there's so many of these short tracks, I guess. But I don't really think of them as separate songs. Like I really think of the album as just one continuous piece. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, the Shake One was definitely like an interlude that we added after already having like five interludes on there. But I do think it's a really cool moment that breaks up the momentum in an unexpected way towards the end. And with her, you never really know what you're going to get like lyrically, like, or musically. Like she just wants to kind of she take inspiration from where she's at and like you're not really going to be like hey so the song's about how i got high at this party and now i don't want to ever be like okay cool let me do that some people will you know right. uh, i will for the most part if you get me on a verse but that's not really her style i mean she's much more just kind of like here's what i'm vibing on today and i kind of told her the story of the album but she was just kind of like yeah sure you know <laughs> <She's> <laughs> like, all right well it's almost time it's almost time why are we fighting basically and she's yeah. like, right and then I was just kind of like, that actually makes perfect sense. And then she always just like, somehow it always works out that she just like, almost like subconsciously or like in some kind of like tapping into some crazy ass space shit that I'm not even aware of, like find something that is actually perfect. And it works perfectly in that point of the album because the whole album is about me trying to avoid growing up and then to have someone at the end being like, it's almost time, like, why are you fighting growing up? You know, why are you fighting that? So it's like, it makes perfect sense. And then it also is a perfect setup to the last song where I kind of say like, okay, stop. I don't, I'm not ready. I don't know what I'm doing. And, and just don't wait for me to figure that out. If, if it's, if it's driving you crazy, like I'm just going to do it on my own terms. So it's actually a perfect setup for that last song in a way that just, yes, that was a cool moment when that came together. I'd say. Yeah, man, dude, the message in your story about like, do I feel like a lot of people are in that situation, man, of growing up and wanting yeah. to stay young, do all that stuff. Right. So like, Without a doubt, I think the messaging, your music, and then adding the classical components, I think you're doing exactly what you're what you're aimed out to do. I think it's going to reach a lot of people, younger people, um, and get more, you know, classical music within, you know, even so. just a little taste of it, man. Yeah, and that's what this is, because I definitely don't think this album is like, like, there's no part of it that I would really describe as classical music. The closest thing would maybe just be the choir shit at the end of the first song, like that is pretty similar to how I would write that if it was pure classical music. But like most of these songs are like defined by having like looping chord progressions and hard drums and like melodic, you know, vocals that repeat in like hooky ways. And like none of that stuff is what I think of as classical music. I mean, to me, classical music is so much more free and kind of direction, not directionless, but sort of like 
just free to meander through like a really wide range of places over a long period of time. And like, I think some of that maybe applies to how I structured the whole album and certainly like my skills for like writing cello parts and shit are also, you know, present in the album, but it's definitely as a principle, like what I'm trying to make on this album is a pop album with pop songs on it. And I think I, I always want to make that distinction because when I do my classical shit, you'll know because it's going to not be anything like this at all, you know? Word. But, it's, but it is like, yeah, I think it's a step towards cultivating an audience that I think will be down to be challenged by that. So that's the goal. So that, look, I got three questions. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll ask them. I'll, I'll, they, they're not even really rapid questions, but here we go. How was it like working with some of your your favorite artists? Like you talked about, you worked with Travis, you worked with Kanye. Uh, did you work with Big Sean? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah Big Sean. I've done a ton with. He, I know him like decently well, actually. Like I don't know Travis at all, and I barely have met Kanye times. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Detroit, man. I'm from Cleveland, Detroit. We we yeah, yeah. we got love for Detroit. They love me actually, and they're they're trying to get me back up there to do a show in Detroit. So I'm working on that. It was a great. That was a fucking great show. Without a doubt. Uh, favorite roller coaster, man. Ah uh, shit. Uh, I, <laughs> there's a couple. I mean, look, if you if you ask the real roller coaster nerds about this, there's like five or six that tend to be ever one of, you know, it's really there's only five or six that everyone agrees are the best in the world. Of those, I think I've been on two of them because I haven't been to Cedar Point yet. I haven't been to Kings Island yet. I haven't been to Carolines yet. So, but I have, I have been a great adventure a bunch of times in New Jersey in El Toro. It's a gigantic wooden roller coaster there. I made my uh, live show, like my tour group kind of run with me there and they had a great time. It was fantastic. Uh, that shit is fire. So I'd say that's like probably, it's just such a bizarre ride. Word. Uh, what advice would you give to young creatives, man? Yeah uh shit i mean that's like a wide broad question it's hard to say i think just make a lot of shit usually the first stuff you make isn't very good and it stays that way for a long time so it's good to just be able to power through that and just make you know just 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 be okay with making crap kind of while you're learning how to do it and just surround yourself with people that are also trying to do this shit and try to really lock in with the people that feel like they're as ambitious as you are and get you know build off of their energy i guess you know what i mean like i think just it's hard to do this shit alone at least for me and i think just being surrounded by people who are all excited and all constantly trying to do the same shit a little bit can be a good just keeps you know keeps the energy up i think well johan it's been a pleasure man we at what's out myself uh personally uh really fuck with your music bro we'll always we'll always stay on the course and be like yeah that's what he's up to now all right cool cool cool. um any last shout outs man shout out to shake for bringing me on this tour so that you would have heard about me and i guess just shout out to all the people that are finding the music and telling their friends about it because that's really what's going to make this work and it's definitely been like a slow process or it feels like it on my end anyway, but things are definitely coming together. And like, I just want, you know, I just want, I want to be able to do arenas next year or two years, whatever it takes. So I think, uh, you know, I want to keep telling these stories, I guess. So shout out to all the people who've said that, like, that they've 
you know, that they really connected to some aspect of the story or recited a specific lyric or song that's really speaking to them like that. You know, the lyrics, we didn't really talk about lyrics tonight, but like that, that's such a big part of what goes into these records. And I think it's really important to me and I'm glad people are kind of getting it. So yeah, oh yeah. It's been Yohan Linux. Uh, you can catch him on Twitch, you can catch him on Instagram, you can catch him on anywhere, man. You can catch him on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Yeah. Peace out, what's out? We out of here, peace. Oh, thank you.